Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, everyone. I'm J.S. Mayank, the director and co-writer of America 2.0, a six-part scripted narrative podcast series. I'm David Carlyle, the co-creator. In our third episode, we finally witnessed the infamous bad date with Republican lobbyist Vivian Lewis. They may have chemistry, but the real magic sparks at dinner with Vivian as Seth suddenly understands how to sell his grand idea to the public. This is the episode where the theory finally becomes something more. It'll take a few minutes to get there, but trust us, it's going to make sense. Just why we're calling this chapter ICE. Previously on America 2.0. Dan Carrington from the Washington Herald. I'm actually here to see if you want to comment on what's about to go down 10 minutes from now. 10 minutes is not a lot of time. Time enough to brace yourselves. The White House? You want to run for president? I'm, I'm sorry, was I not clear about that? That's that's what I came here to tell you. <laughs> you're, you're a first-term congressman with very little hope of seeing a second. Is the congressman with you? Yeah. Please put me on speaker. Seth, the president just called you out by name on national TV. Congressman McGuire is a tree hugger who thinks we're all stupid. He needs to look in the mirror and realize that insulting the American people isn't a mark of intelligence. Gita, where's my tux? That was a big date with Vivian Lewis. I think you're beating yourself up because your date with the Republican didn't go well. You knew Vivian was a Republican? Everyone knows Vivian's a Republican. Well, I didn't. I'd like to go back in time a little. We've heard quite a bit about this mysterious bad date with the Republican, but the details are hazy. Uh, I swear to you, really, it wasn't a bad date. Tell me about that night with Vivian Lewis. Well, it started with the opera. I can tell you don't like opera. What? No, of course I like opera. Going to the opera was my idea. Yeah, but you didn't enjoy it. Not one minute of it. (laughs) I enjoyed taking you to the opera. I like going to the opera, and I especially like going to the opera with you. But you don't actually enjoy the art form of opera. I like the idea of opera. (sighs) Probably not the best plan for a first date, then. (laughs) Perhaps not. You don't have to try to impress me by pretending to look cultured. I'm not trying to impress you. Of course you are, as you should be. I'm very impressive and I'm worthy of being impressed, but you don't have to try, is what I'm saying. Okay. Good to know. You're pretty impressive yourself. 
the first Democrat to ever win in California's 48th Congressional District. That's no small feat. Well, thank you. And all it took was completely abandoning my principles and everything that I stand for. Is that why you're out on a date with a Republican? You've cast aside your principles and you want to see where the wind takes you. Wait, wait, wait. You're a Republican? <laughs> Last time I checked. Since when? Since always? Uh... <laughs> I really don't know what to say. How about let's go back to my place and discuss policy? Yeah? And what policies in particular did you have earmarked for our evening of discourse? Oh, I don't know. The national debt. Reproductive rights. Ooh, nuclear power. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. We'll go back to my place, but we really are going to discuss policy. That's not a euphemism. Sounds like the date went well. That's what I keep telling everyone, but no one believes me. But back in your office the next day, I presume Gita and Olivia were pretty insistent on making you play damage control. They were. But as you can probably surmise by now, I don't always listen. Have you actually seen the clip? Mr. President, Congressman McGuire is catching a lot of flack for his comments about nuclear power. Do you think he insulted his constituents on purpose, or do you think it was just a slip of the tongue? You know, Dan, that's a great question. As president, I know constituents always expect the most from their elected leaders. We have to represent what's good and righteous in us all. See, the American people elected me for a reason. They know where I came from. Before I devoted my life to public service, I created tens of thousands of jobs through the private sector. And you know how I did that? by never acting like I was better than my fellow man. Congressman McGuire is a tree hugger who thinks we're all stupid. He needs to look in the mirror and realize that insulting the American people isn't a mark of intelligence. Enough is enough. This is a dumpster fire and I'm handing you an extinguisher. You have to walk it back. I can't do that, Olivia. There's more. Now, I, I'm not saying any of this to demonize the congressman. I'm sure he said what he said because he believes he's doing the right thing. But he needs to learn a little humility. And that's why I'm calling on the good people of Orange County to vote Congressman McGuire out of office if he doesn't personally apologize to each and every one of you. You have to do it. You're getting painted into a corner as a radical environmentalist who's out of touch with the American public. There are plenty of people who've come out against nuclear power. But they don't reject it by insulting voters. Look, if you could just soften your stance, suggesting that your comments were intended to protect your constituents from a potential nuclear incident less than 20 miles from home and not an admonishment of America's nuclear position at large, you'll save a lot of political face. It's a good point, but I'm not going to. Seth? We get 340 days of sunshine a year in California. Do you know what that means? That means we can power the whole state with solar grids. But that costs money, and the right always wants to do what's cheap and easy. So I think it's time for someone to stand up and say no. It's wrong to destroy our environment. We, we have a greater responsibility of stewardship as the dominant species on the planet. You want to put out a statement? Say that. I can't wrap that up and tie it off with a bow. We need a 10-second soundbite, preferably one that won't get us thrown out of Congress. Okay, fine. It's time for us to stop doing what's easy and to start doing what's right. 
As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Now at this point, pardon the pun, but we're thinking this nuclear disaster is behind you and you're back to the big idea. 100% obsessed. So how did you take such a massive concept and turn it into something that you could sell to the American people? Well, I have to credit Vivian for that. Really? She picked the restaurant. I'm surprised you called, especially given the day you're having. It's not every day I get to have dinner with someone the president personally chided. I honestly... I wasn't sure if I'd ever hear from you again. Seth? Seth! Can I ask you something? What if, well, let's just say, I wanted more ice in my class? I have four cubes in there right now, and it's just not enough to ensure that the ice is evenly distributed. Would you like me to call our waiter? Now, there's two ways we can get this ice. I can chip away at the existing cubes so that there's more cubes. More to go around for everyone. Sounds like you're talking about redistribution of wealth. Exactly! Seth. But the people who own the ice right now, we all know they don't want to have their cubes chipped. No. Those are their cubes. They're good, hard-working Americans, and they deserve to keep what's rightfully theirs. Oh, my God. Normally I would take the time to refute that, but I don't want to lose track of the larger point. So how do we get the ice to more people? The people who really need it. The ones who just, no matter how hard they tried, they can't seem to get ahead. Life, for whatever reason, hasn't given them a fair shake. You deregulate business and promote job growth through the private sector. More ice machines. Mwah! No! You are completely wrong! But then, um, why did you kiss me? Because I am so excited to tell you why you're wrong. You just have to make more ice. You can't freeze the glass. Then all the water turns to ice. No, 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 no. Forget about the metaphor. We're done with the metaphor. Okay. If I offered you a million dollars right here, right now, would you take it? What's the catch? No catch. 
It's yours. I'm giving it to you simply for being an American citizen. It's your birthright. Why do I get the feeling that if I say yes, that's the wrong answer? Because you're a Republican. Oh, okay, okay. Fine. Fine. I'll bite. Yes. I'd take your million dollars. Of course you would, and so will everyone else. Wait, wait a minute. I thought it was my million dollars. Now it's everyone's? Not to share. They all get it. They each do. One million dollars for every American citizen. Okay, okay. I'm quickly moving from mildly intrigued to immensely annoyed. Just, what the hell are you talking about? My new plan. Well, it's... It's more of a platform, really. Your political platform is to give everyone a million dollars. Wow, wow. I didn't know that Congress paid that well. <laughs> no, I make 177000 a year. What, are you sitting on an oil inheritance that I wasn't aware of? Jeez, I mean, you're getting more attractive by the minute. No, it's not my money. It's, it's the U.S. Mint's and the Federal Reserve's. Are you actually suggesting what it sounds like you are? You, you, you want Congress to give every American citizen $1 million? Well, yes. But co- Congress will ultimately have to make it into a law, but the plan isn't going to come from them. It's going to come from the president. <laughs> this president. Ah, oh. <laughs> that's a good one, Seth. No, not this president. The next one. America 2.0 is a global original podcast. It's directed by J.S. Mayank. Created and written by J.S. Mayank and David Carlyle. Produced by J.S. Mayank, David Carlyle, Jeremy Gordon, and Spencer Garrett. Casting by Jeremy Gordon. With performances by Patrick J. Adams, Kate Walsh, Jack Coleman, Autumn Reeser, Lorian Haynes, with Gregory Itson. Recording and mixing by Mitch Dorf and Michael Miller. Sound design and editing by Rusty Dunn, with original music by Antonio Lepore. America 2.0 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts, with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. On the next America 2.0. Porter Purvis, our national political editor, who is also the subject of this meeting. Oh, cut the crap. Ward Baker has a 34% approval rating, and he won with 47% of the vote. Let's not anoint him to the annals of history just yet. I'd like to talk about Dan Carrington some more. Well, the thing you have to understand about Dan is that he grows on you. So you're not exploring a run? Dan, I know exactly who your source is. I know precisely what she told you, and you and I both know you've got nothing. So is that why you called? To vent? No, I called you because you need help. Are you trying to lose re-election? Nah, but I'm done making decisions based on polling numbers. Your Secret Service, why are you in front of my house? Mr. President? Good to see you again, champ. 
America's real history is one of giants who overcame all odds, overcame slavers and robber barons. And what did we do? Well, everyone knows we invented the internet, but we also invented the middle class, the five-day work week, the teenager, the automobile and the space race, and we're just getting started. We've been through far more chaotic times than this one, with some of the most incredible leaders on the planet, and they're ready for us to pick up where they left off. Our real origins connect us back to reality, each other, and a whole new cinematic universe to empower and inspire. My name's Matthew Cook, and I'm the host of American Origin Stories, now playing wherever you get your podcasts, or you can learn more at realm.fm.